In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you're new to Ascension, I should say, by way of disclaimer, that I don't uh, make a habit of starting my sermons with pieces of music, but I did two weeks ago, and I'm going to again today. So um, just sit back and enjoy. You know, I've, I've always hated that song. <laughs> I mean, really, it's just trite and twee and a load of twaddle. Um, but I just couldn't get it out of my head. Um, but as I've been praying for you all this week, and, and particularly praying through the prayer requests, There are so many concerns that could so easily lead you to worry. In our midst, there are those battling with cancer or other illnesses. There are those who are bereaved. Those who have concerns about their children or their parents. Those who are unemployed or underemployed. Those who have things wrong with their homes or in their marriages or in their schools. Saying to them don't worry, be happy, is not likely to warm their hearts. And personally, the the past three weeks have brought a deluge of challenges before me as rector of this parish and as a member of the Standing Committee of the Diocese, the likes of which and the intensity of which I have never experienced before. Are these things one could worry about, perchance? Absolutely. Have I worried about them? Well, yes, I have. And then along comes today's lectionary readings, like they so often do, relevant and timely. The Bible's like that, you know. And I stand convicted and challenged by these words of Jesus, do not worry. But here in Matthew's gospel, these words have a very different ring from the reggae song by Bobby McFerrin. Jesus' message is not, don't worry, be happy. It's something rather different. So let's take a closer look. First off, you'll see Jesus says, do not worry, not once, not twice, but three times. First in verse 25, do not worry about your life what you will eat or what you will drink. Then again in verse 31, do not worry about what you will eat or drink or wear. Sure, sure none of you worry about your clothes, right? And uh, <clears throat> for the third time in verse 34, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. This theme is one we actually find in a number of places in the Bible. One in particular stands out, 
in St. Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. He wrote to them saying, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the antithesis of worry is not being happy, but rather knowing a peace from God that transcends understanding. Indeed, we can know this kind of peace even in the midst of profound unhappiness, even in the midst of the wildest storm. Well, I was in the middle of writing this sermon yesterday evening, late, I know, but there it is, Um, (laughs) when a Facebook message popped up on my phone. It was from a friend in England whom I haven't seen for at least 20 years. Actually, it may be longer than that. Anyway, at least 20 years. Um, We haven't stayed in touch, and I, I really hardly know her today except what I know of her from her Facebook page. But her message to me was so striking that I want to read an extract from it to you this morning. I've changed the names, but otherwise this is what she wrote. I've been dithering over messaging you in need of a vicarly... In England, rectors are called vicars. Okay, so in need of a vicarly ear, uh, that'll be a sensible one. So, apologies, you're probably over busy anyway. True. Uh, (laughs) But I I don't know where to turn. You'll have picked up some of our circumstances. My Sarah is very disabled and life-limited. Today, I heard that another of my friend's little ones has died, and I am terrified. Sarah has quadriplegic cerebral palsy, complex and severe epilepsy, microcephaly, and is partially sighted. Her epilepsy is so severe, the best our specialist can say at the moment is that the good thing is, so far, she's come back to us each time. That's good, but pretty desperate. I can't describe the terror of resuscitating your child, not just once, but again and again. The ambulance rides, medics working over her, the desperation. And somehow, I'm supposed to find God and peace in the middle of all this? Well, I can't. I am so angry, and I can't even find the words. So lost. Every night, I don't know if I'm saying goodbye or goodnight. And the advice here? At least you know where she's going, which doesn't even begin to cut it, because all I can think is she'll be away from me. I know all the right answers, but nothing fits. She's my baby. Don't worry about offending or upsetting me. There's no space left for any more upset than is here already, and I'm way past offense. What do I do? How do I find a path through this? And parent her sister and her brother to come, evenly and well. And oh, a thousand other questions. Where is God when this is going on? So sorry if this is inappropriate after so long. Ignore me if it is, and if you have a minute... Alison. Well, yes, of course I had a minute. 
So I said a prayer, took a break from my sermon about not worrying, (laughs) to reply to my friend. Turns out this would be most of my sermon this morning, but uh, I'm editing what I wrote, but here's some of it. Dear Alison, thank you for sharing with me from across the miles and the years gone by. I cannot begin to imagine the anger, the fear, the questions you have. I wrote a little more with a three-sentence update on my life, then continued. I'm sitting at my computer working on tomorrow's sermon. The text is Matthew 6, 24 to 34, where Jesus says, don't worry. And your message pops up in the middle of it all, from 3,500 miles away and from the depths of your sorrow. And don't worry sounds so trite. So what can I say? I feel inadequate and unqualified to speak into your situation. If I could, I'd offer to come over and sit a while. I'd love to hold your baby and just be with you and your family. Then maybe I wouldn't need to say any words. But I can't do that anytime soon, so I'm going to try a few words. If they are clumsy or shallow, please forgive me. My heart aches for you, and I don't know why this is happening to you. I do know that God knew Sarah before she was born. I know that he loves her and you and all your family. God doesn't make mistakes. I then shared a little bit about our scriptures for today. In the passage I'm preaching from tomorrow, there are those familiar words about looking at the birds of the air and not worrying about food and clothes, etc. But Jesus never says, if you trust me, you will be free from all pain and heartache. Indeed, elsewhere we read that not one sparrow falls to the ground without our Father knowing it. But sparrows do fall to the ground. People, too, fall to the ground. And precious, beloved Beautiful children suffer too. I wish that were not true, and I don't know why it is. But, Alison, it's okay to ask and cry and be angry. I'm sure you know that. So yell and scream and wail, and your Father in heaven will hear you and love you and gather up your tears in a bottle, and he will weep with you. God can surely take it. I continued, the psalm appointed for us tomorrow is Psalm 131. In it, the psalmist writes, I still my soul and make it quiet, like a child upon its mother's breast. My soul is quieted within me. I am praying that you may find rest and comfort in Jesus. And then I said a word about our Old Testament lesson. The Old Testament passage for Sunday is from Isaiah 49. In it, God's people cry out, The Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. I wrote, those images of God are not ones we're usually familiar with, a a breastfeeding mother with tattoos, which in any other circumstances would be funny, but it isn't really at all. But that picture of God with your name inscribed on his hands and Sarah's name there too is one you might think on. I fear I may have said too much. I, I think I did. 
so let me finish with a prayer, which I did. I'm very honored that Alison wrote to me, honored to be able to share, albeit falteringly and inadequately, something of God's love. But her questions haunt us. Her questions challenge us. Where is God in the midst of such suffering? What should Alison do? What could I say? What would you say? You see, I know, and you know, and my friend knows, that worrying is a waste of time and only doubles our troubles. And maybe we also know that it displays a lack of trust in God. Maybe you even know that God will never forget you. Certainly, I love that imagery of him having our names tattooed on the palm of his hands. But wretched man that I am, I still worry. So, as is often the case when worries, fears, heartaches, and trials like sea billows roll, it's a good idea to turn to the Psalms. So I'd like you to do that right now. Please turn back to page 5 and look at our psalm with me. Near the bottom of that page. And it says this. O Lord, I am not proud. And when I read that, I usually have to stop and ask God to forgive me because I am proud. I have no haughty looks, and so I pause again to confess my sin. I do not occupy myself with great matters, though of course I think I do, until an unexpected Facebook message arrives to give me a little perspective. But I still my soul and make it quiet, eventually, that is. But how foolish I am to wait till exhaustion or sorrow finally gets the voices inside my head to be quiet, to be still. Only then, like a child upon its mother's breast, my soul is quieted within me. Only then, beyond the worry, in the suffering, in spite of the unanswered questions, Do we cry out to God? And when we do, he hears us and he answers us. Oh, Israel. It could say, oh, Jonathan, oh, Alison, oh, Mary, oh, David. Wait upon the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. There is plenty for you to worry about. There is tons of it. But hear what Jesus says to you. Do not worry. Consider the birds and the flowers. Remember who God is. Trust him. Instead of worrying, says Jesus, strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Jean Cohn, who's away today, knowing I had a lot that was uh, capable of causing me to worry, uh, sent me the words of two verses of an old Charles Wesley hymn last week. Some of you will know this, others of you won't. Let me read these two verses. 
Jesus, lover of my soul, let me to thy bosom fly. While the nearer waters roar, while the tempest still is high, hide me, O my Saviour, hide till the storm of life is past, safe into the haven guide, O receive my soul at last. Other refuge have I none, hangs my helpless soul on thee. Leave, ah, leave me not alone, still support and comfort me. All my trust on thee is stayed, all my help from thee I bring. Cover my defenseless head with the shadow of thy wing. With those words which I knew, she sent me the story behind that hymn which I didn't know. Charles Wesley had been preaching in the fields of the parish of Killaleigh, County Down, in Ireland, when he was attacked by men who did not approve of his doctrine. Thankfully, thankfully, I've never been physically threatened for my doctrine. Uh, We just get sued about it. (laughs) Anyway, um, Wesley sought refuge in a farmhouse. The, The farmer's wife told him to hide in the milk shed down the garden. And soon the mob came, came to the farmhouse. She managed to calm them down by feeding them. Always a good thing to do, I guess. Meanwhile, Charles Wesley climbed through the back window of the milk shed and hid behind a hedge by which ran a little brook. It was in that hiding place, with the cries of his pursuers all about him, that he wrote that hymn. Jesus, lover of my soul, let me to thy bosom fly. So, my friends, do not worry. And if today... Or this week when life comes at you fast or you're feeling overwhelmed, find a hiding place where you can be in the presence of God. For he will quiet your soul. He will comfort you. He has your name and the names of those you love written on the palms of his hand. And he will never forget you. I want to finish this morning by praying today's collect together. Um, It's at the top of page five. So if you can turn to your bulletins. The Lord be with you. Let us pray together. Most loving Father, whose will it is for us to give thanks for all things to fear nothing but the loss of you, and to cast all our care on you who care for us. Preserve us from faithless fears and worldly anxieties, that no clouds of this mortal life may hide from us the light of that love which is immortal, and which you have manifested to us in your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, One God, now and forever. Amen.